Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together for your host. What's up, guys? Let's hear it for you. On a Tuesday night, you came to the UCB. Let's hear it for me. Wearing the same shit I always wear. Let's hear it for the people in the back, the comics. They can hear you. Let's hear it for them. We all did a great job. We all did a great job. Your hoodie's already up. You're ready to fucking party. What's going on under there? You having an okay head day? How's your head? You chilling? Yeah, no, I don't, don't, you don't have to show me. I would have trusted you, whatever you said. That's right, leave those ears out. Oh, you tuck those ears in. I don't know how you live your life, but it's cool. Like a baby highlighter that's all grown up and big. So a big baby highlighter. You know what I mean? Like one of those oversized baby highlighters. That's a person. Hey, you know who else we're gonna welcome to the stage? We're gonna welcome uh, Rhea Butcher to the stage right now. A producer on the show and sometimes co-host. There she is. Yes. Oh man, we just—that uh, is a big baby highlighter. There he is, big baby highlighter. You were backstage, but then you walked out. Pow! Where's that? Knew. There's that yep, highlighter. Uh, hey, well, we're having—we're uh, happy to be back with you guys. Yeah, for sure. We were in San Francisco over the weekend uh, for Sketchfest. We were up there doing some shows, riding the trolleys, eating rice aroni. Oh, I honestly got corrected. You can't call it that. You have to call it a streetcar. Oh, somebody got so me. pissed. They said, uh, it's called a streetcar. And I said, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Not just because, like, I mean, I get it. But also, like, I'm, more, I'm doing the best I can. Like, I didn't say rice aroni, actually. You know, because I'm I not, said rice aroni. Yeah, I would never have said that. And I, I stand like, by my rice aroni. Like, like, entry level. You know, I would never have. Um, ugh. <laughs> But we were up there, we were with uh, our, our producer Ryan was up there. Let's hear it for our producer Ryan. He makes this show into a podcast, which you can listen to for in your ears. Your ears. Earbuds. Yeah, you can put it in yours. Um, How did you like San Francisco? I liked it. It's very damp and uh, uh, chilly. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Confusing. Although, I did take a lift ride for the first time. Oh, I, I wasn't dangerously. with you. I wasn't with you, and I and when you told me you were taking a lift ride, I was nervous for your safety. Yeah, you I had to home, take a lift. You came home unmurdered, which was I, nice. I was not murdered. Very unmurdered. How was the guy or chick? Um, well, I had a guy in the first ride, and then a gal in the second ride. And you know what? I had a grand old time. We talked about photography and Back to the Future, which is my go-to. Um, <laughs> Also, that's a great thing to talk about in a car. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? If yeah, like, I do. Yeah, what exactly. is, how fast does this thing go? Like, 88 like, miles per hour? I was just going to mention Back to the Future. <laughs> I'm just so. giving you ideas for ways to bring that up yeah, in the future. I mean, if, you're ever like, if you're like, oh, does this door open like this? Usually I just you know, like open like the that. car, put my head and go, let's talk about Back to the Future. Oh, that's a different way. That's as smooth as I go. <laughs> you know, uh, I when we were driving from the Oakland airport to San Francisco, yes. I saw something I'd never seen before. What's that? There is a stoplight on a highway. It's on the highway. There's a highway that looks like it is full of traffic. It's just a stoplight. And grandmother's crossing. This Excuse is me. a the this freeway. A, this is a crazy uh, idea. Yeah. Nobody should do this. <laughs> 
no cities should do this. Um, stop doing that. It was right before a bridge. I think they were like, oh, this won't back up traffic on the bridge. But then you still have to stop. You have to go from 70 to a full stop with eight lanes of traffic. I almost blew that light just because... I was, I was also in the passengers. Yeah, you were not driving. But I almost but blew that light. You were going to blow the light. I almost got out and so ran good. through it. Ha-ha! <laughs> then you just have to wait for the van. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've proved my point. Thanks for picking me up. You want to talk about Back to the Future? I could have said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we were reading um, the newspaper today. Um, and by the newspaper, I mean Twitter. <laughs> Our fresh copy of the New York Times delivered to our house every this day. This just in! It's getting pull. <laughs> pull. That's a newsie who's refreshing your Twitter feed. Did you guys get that? This just in! That's pretty funny. <laughs> Do you get Because I'm using like old-timey stuff, but then I'm using new-timey Hang motions. On extra, extra tweet all about it. No, that's better. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> That's you're the worst. Well, we were wearing caps. We were wearing newsboy caps. Just at home reading Twitter. We were just at home. We always put it on. We always say, what's the news? And we put our hats on. With some suspenders of some kind. That's why my pants are still rolled up. Yeah. It's reading yeah, the news. Yeah, it's because it's the 40s. That's what you rolled yeah. your pants up because it's the 40s. Um, we were reading Twitter today. Yeah, and you can tell by our haircuts that we were definitely offended by Mr. Jerry Seinfeld today. Wait, why do you say our haircuts? I don't know, because we're... Not women? Yeah. These are the haircuts. These are the haircuts ladies. of women. <laughs> Why? Because we're black people? <laughs> These are right. black people's haircuts. These are black people's haircuts. <laughs> no, there was a bit of a controversy today about Jerry Seinfeld saying uh, in like a BuzzFeed interview, which by the way, I can't believe there was even a BuzzFeed interview. I can't believe that that interview lasted longer than like, Jerry, show us a picture of something. And then he just holds up the picture. Am I right? Get it? And then it would have been like a list. Do you understand how BuzzFeed works? 17 more times. Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty topical. (laughs) Um, Oh, plus he was in the B movie, so that would have been a real BuzzFeed. Who cares if you don't like that? (laughs) I don't give a shit. That one was just for you. That was just for me. That B movie was a real stinker. There's no. I, what did you think I was gonna do? A pun? No, I was just like it's a real it. stinger. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they always say about that movie? That movie bites. No. Yes. I don't know. Bees don't bite. Does a bee bite with its butt? <laughs> kind of. Thanks for somebody who goes, no, they sting. Thanks to that person. <laughs> sting. What's the difference between a sting and a bite? One is a... Like a lot. One is a musician. <laughs> like, a, like a lot. That's a big, huge difference. Do you get that I was talking about sting the musician after that? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> from music. You'd know him from music. He did that Rose song, but not Kiss from the Rose, Desert Rose. Other different Rose song. Right. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that was him. Sounded just like Sting. Just like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, well, we were reading about Jerry Seinfeld. Because he said, uh, well, because he makes a web show. Um, Comedians in cars getting coffee. Yep, and then uh, BuzzFeed asked him all the 
the, that new that that news source BuzzFeed Buzzy Food asked him all of the hard hitting questions, um, including uh, why he had had so few uh, women and uh, people of color in his um, comedians and cars drinking coffee web series. Yes, and Jerry got mad. He Pretty got mad upset. at the question. He said it pissed him off. He got mad at the very question. Then he said uh, the reason that he chooses the comics that he works with is because he picks people that are funny. (laughs) And he lives in a world of funny. And in that world of funny, if you're funny, that's what he cares about. And if you're not funny, get out of this car. (laughs) That's pretty much what he said. I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing, but but it's pretty much he hates people that are not him. No, I... (laughs) was hate in there but it was a confusing answer for sure I don't know that he should have been angry about the question only because if you're in an interview and they don't ask you like well there's a couple people that could be upset by interview questions right now um, one of them is a famous director um, and that person should just not be doing interviews for a minute because I'm pretty sure they're going to get some intense questions um, pretty which intense. they deserve to get uh, but otherwise you know like if somebody asks you a question I think that's what an interview is. Sure. Yeah. They're going to ask you questions about... Get out of here with your questions! This is an interview! Perhaps the things you make, maybe. Yeah. My my favorite part is that he said that he was angered by the question about diversity. Then he was like, you know, I'm very angry about this question. Then later on he says, so I asked Tina Fey this exact question. So wait, you're mad about that question, but then you turned around and asked a woman the very same question because you wanted to get down to the bottom of it. Yeah, he thought it was a good question for him to ask Tina Fey. He just didn't want to hear it himself. I just don't want to... I'm a guy. I don't want to hear this question. This is a question for women. Jerry! <laughs> Come on. Um, but I think it's a... It's, it's, um, I also think if you're somebody that produces something, um, it's, I think it's fair game for somebody to ask you a question about the people you include in that thing that you're producing. I think that's okay. You should have an answer to that. Totally. Like people could ask us how we book this show, yeah. and we'd be like, uh, we book only white men. All the time. That's not true. <laughs> no, we, we, we have like a booking strategy, and we'd be able to answer that. And I think that that's something that you should have. Um, we, we specifically like to book people that would work in this room. Totally. Yeah, and that would, that would connect with you guys and make you laugh. Exactly. Um, and we're just, you know, we're doing it for you guys, the kids. And uh, we also book people we know, people we're friends with, and people yeah. whose comedy we've seen. It's a little bit harder to book people that you don't know, you know, because you, they send you a video. But if you've seen a video of somebody, it's a lot harder to know what they're going to be like in person. But if, you, if a friend of yours is coming into town or if they live here, they're like, hey, can you get a spot? And you're like, I already know what I'm getting into. Absolutely, you can get a spot. So that's how it works. And that's actually what Jerry Seinfeld could have said. He could have said, uh, I booked my friends. It turns out that uh, I didn't think about their sex or race. I just booked them. Or he could have said, uh, well, turns out I have a lot of white friends (laughs) who are dudes. (laughs) But I didn't love his answer. Funny is funny? Ugh, that is is actually infuriating to me. That implies so much. Because he didn't say it, but that's, there's an up, and a lot of comics were um, defending him uh, today for saying that, but I hate that answer. I just think that answer sucks because it's saying like, I, hey, pff, I only book funny people. And as you can tell, funny people are white and men. And that's really what he's saying. That's totally what he's saying. Tough to hear. Tough to hear for this little gal. 
This newsie's pretty upset about it. <laughs> what are we doing up here? I mean, I don't expect to be in comedians in cars getting Oh, coffee. I expect to get some coffee <laughs> and a goddamn DeLorean. I know Patton Oswalt already did it, but hey. But I'm not, a, I'm not a famous comic yet. I'm not an internationally no. famous uh, comedian, so I don't expect to be on that show uh, because I feel like it would get less views than like if um, <laughs> Tina Fey was on that show. <laughs> I'm just going out on a limb here to say that I feel like Tina Fey has a slightly larger draw than me <laughs> on the internet. And books, and also television shows, and awards show appearances, and in dresses. I feel like if you just saw Tina Fey in a dress, yeah, I feel like glasses. Um, glasses. She just has a bigger draw in glasses than I do. Um, I feel like at a Jamba Juice, more people are going to buy her juices. You know what I mean? That's. I feel like Tina's got a little bit more juices than me. Um, so that's okay. But I just don't think. I, I feel like uh, I'm just sick of that. I'm sick of hearing that, um, and especially from comics. I feel like. There was a really easy answer to that, and I feel like that answer wasn't it. Um, yeah. I so, mean, it shows, you know, when you live in a tiny-ass apartment your entire life in New York, you just don't really have an understanding of the world. Yeah, he needed to get out more. That's what it shows. That's a joke about his tiny apartment. The that television show Seinfeld. I got it, Rhea. The television show You're Seinfeld. You're talking about the television show That guy's Seinfeld. a millionaire. He did not Starring live. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Starring Jerry Seinfeld. He was in that show. Uh, hey, Rhea hey, Butcher, Butcher, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear it for Rhea Thanks, Butcher. Thanks, Another thing I want to say is, you know, so we did talk about this up top, and I think you're going to be really happy to know that based on a lot of the things that we've spoken about, we have a white male show for you guys. <laughs> We're really turning convention on its head, and uh, this, is, this show is dedicated to Jerry Seinfeld. Fed? This show is dedicated to Jerry Seinfeld, who said, we couldn't do it. He said, we couldn't book an all-white male show. And we said, oh, Jerry, we know white guys, too. Even us. Even lesbians. So we called all our white guy friends, and that's who's on the show tonight. This first comic... Oh, he is in from Denver. We love him so much. He is a favorite on this show. Um, his name is Mr. Adam Caden Holland, and you are going to clap for him right now. Let's hear it for Adam. Hey, guys. Sorry I'm late. I was taping an episode of Comedians in Car Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. I didn't really know him. He just needed, a, needed somebody, and I got the call. They're not kidding. There's six white dudes waiting in the green room to go on. I'm just the first. I love, I love Cameron Rhea's approach. Like, we're going to come out, insult a comedy god, and see how that goes. They'll tear down Bill Cosby after this. They'll take that fucker down a peg. <laughs> they don't care whose toes they step on, those sassy ladies. Everybody having a good pilot season? Everybody getting booked in a lot of shit? I booked nine things today. I'm killing it. <laughs> Fucking love pilot season. Just all the agents and managers trot out their most desperate ponies for the saddest Kentucky Derby of all time. <laughs> we found this one from Denver. He looks sick. Send him back. <laughs> this is what I look like. I look like this. I recently got my hair cut. It looks like this. When you have a beard, nobody knows how to cut your hair. They don't know what to do with facial distribution of hair around the entire head. So I always get these hatchet jobs every fucking time. 
I feel like I look like a soldier who's just starting to question the war. It's like, what were we doing over there in the first place? Oil. Having a pretty baller 2014. I got myself a 2014 Ford Escape. Fuck yeah. They had to assemble it. It took months. Thank you. This guy gets it. Because he's the only guy in the audience clearly bawling as hard as I am. Look how sharp he is. Well done, sir. My car was so baller they had to assemble it. They had to make it in Detroit. And they sent it. And they kept sending me like uh, updates about where it, was, where it was in the country, its progress. One night I was all drunk with my friends. And I got a text, or you know, my phone beeped, and it was an email, and I looked at it, and the subject line was, your escape is in Nebraska. <laughs> and I just got up and left. I was like, I have to go. <laughs> my escape is in Nebraska. I wish that's how the universe worked, you know? You just get a text, and it's like, your destiny's in Indiana. It's like, well, I don't care. I'm not going, because that's the worst state. I don't care, but that's my destiny. That's the worst state. I would have paid sticker price for this 2014 Ford Escape just for the Sirius XM radio. What the fuck? How did I not know about this stuff? It's like my whole life I've been living being like, yeah, the earth is flat. You're like, no, it's round, and it comes with thousands of stations of commercial-free radio. I found a station called Lithium. It's blowing my mind. It's just 90s alternative hits, you guys. I did a drive the other day. Literally, my entire drive was narrated. Got in, good, by Better Than Ezra. Then it was Peaches by the President of the United States of America. Then it was Seven Mary Three Cumbersome. Then it was a song by Alice in Chains, but that didn't fucking matter, because after that, back-to-back -back Bush. That's more Bush for your buck. I was like, is this 1996 or something? Because I feel like I can make varsity. <laughs> Love that lithium, man. It's amazing gets me through my day it helps me feel things I have a hard time feeling things sometimes like I was thinking the other day the most exciting sound in the world is that momentary blip in a speaker where it's like and you know you're getting like a text or a call or an email or something and then I was thinking contrarily the saddest sound in the world is when you hear that momentary blip in a speaker and it's like and then nothing comes through and then I was thinking am I even alive and then I slammed my hand in a door, and I didn't feel anything, but my fingernail turned black four hours later, so I'm definitely alive. <laughs> After the show, what do you say we all get out of here, go to Burger King, try that new Burger King French fry hamburger? Who's with me? You guys tried it? Oh, it is the bee's knees, you guys. This is the cat's pajamas. It's the cat's knees. It's the bee's pajamas. For one dollar, you guys... Burger King will spare you all the extra effort of having to eat a french fry and a hamburger separately, like some sort of fucking marathon runner. <laughs> we'll just shove it all into one poppy seed bun that you can force down your esophagus like a refugee at a UNICEF camp. <laughs> all for the price of one gold Sacagawea coin, you guys. Not to be out Fox for $2, McDonald's will just now give you diarrhea. So that's cool. <laughs> I'm loving that. I would love to be a fly on the wall at BK University when they were coming up with the French fry hamburger. You know what I mean? Just watching the brain trust over there at BKU hash it out. It's like, fellas, I don't need to show you the numbers from last quarter. Mickey D's hammered us. 
My question for y'all is, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And they're like, well, sir, we were thinking that we'd take the french fries and put them directly on top of the hamburger. Boom! Fuck Obama! That is change I can't believe in! What do y'all geniuses got next? Well, sir, we're thinking we rip up a Whopper Jr. into individual strips, hide it at the bottom of a milkshake, and then people can just sift through it like raccoons at a compost heap. <laughs> I was buying floss at a grocery store recently, making those tough floss decisions one has to make in life. Waxed, unwaxed, name brand generic. Pondering those questions when this sort of shifty-looking character walked up to me. Real sketchy Reggie. And he looks at me and he goes, does oral mean teeth? <laughs> does oral mean teeth? I just looked at him, I was like, not good oral. Do you guys smoke weed? Elect a leader and have them answer. You. Does this crowd smoke weed? Yes. Cool. I used to smoke a lot of weed in high school and college when it was age appropriate. And I remember my father and I, we engaged in a really misguided attempt at father-son bonding. We decided, hey, we're both a couple of cool cats. We should smoke some weed together. So we went on a camping trip, we went for a hike, we came back, we made a campsite, and we smoked some weed together. And true story, we got so paranoid, we left the campsite and stayed in a hotel. <laughs> Not making that up at all. We freaked out and we got the fuck out of there. Yeah, after that, though, we came back and we camped with confidence because we were on cocaine by then. <laughs> Shit is a gateway drug, you guys. My dad was like speed organizing firewood. I skipped a stone nine times in a row. He was like, do it again, do it again. I love camping. We should always be camping. How come we're always not camping? Year after that, we didn't even make plans to go camping. We just ran into each other in the woods. So we'll fuck up your life, guys. I've been your first white guy. Enjoy five more. Comedy Collective he is in at Denver. It is called The Grolics, and they are here in L.A. at Meltdown Theater. So you guys should go to that uh, nerd melt, meltdown nerd melty thing. You should do that on Friday. Hooray. Correct? You will do it, right? You're all going to go as a group? You're going to smoke weed as a group? Whoever was the leader is going to buy everybody tickets? You guys are sassy. How's it going in the middle? You guys are touching each other's heads. What's up with you? Are you cool new friends or long-time or long-time buddies or what are you sleeping with each other's body parts or what are you doing? Long-time friends from college. Long-time friends with co from college. Well, what kind of what were what well, why were you touching his head just then? Or, his hair is super soft. Oh, his hair. Yeah, that makes sense at a comedy show. <laughs> like that guy was funny. Also, this feels good. <laughs> okay, great. How would hey? Hey, little soft head, a little, little 
you little you little puffy soft guy. Um, what's your secret? What's your hair secret? What keeps that the locks so soft and silky that your friends touch your hair? I only use conditioner. What? And then I use after conditioner after it. That's crazy. <laughs> what you're saying to me is you should just not wash your hair. Use conditioner and then after conditioner? Yeah. By the way, after conditioner is not a product, I don't think. <laughs> I think you just get out of the shower and you're like, more conditioner. I call it after conditioner. <laughs> what in the world? How many zits do you have on your back of your neck? <laughs> Pretty zitty? Kind of like a little bit of a back knee problem or what's going on? No? No, it's like you're clear but you can't wear hats because they just slide right off. <laughs> Are you ever like eating an ear of corn and you're like, this would be good on you. You know what I mean? And you butter it with your head. Do you know what I'm saying? No? Okay. How long have you been using that, that double conditioning method? Um, uh, two years, three years. Great. And did you know about it? You're like a really old friend, no? Like a top secret. Top secret, yeah. Even from your, I feel like, uh, are you guys are either of you seeing people? Are you guys seeing people? Either of you? Oh, you're seeing that person. Well, first of all, fucking congrats on that double condition. You know what I mean? That's the best. How long have you guys been together? Uh, almost a year. Almost a year. When did you find out about the condition? Like right away. Wait, what's going on here? Because I don't see anything here. What's going on there? Silky? What are we talking about? Be honest. Tell the room. Tell the room or I'll make him show the room. You can either tell the room or I'm going to make him show the room. Is it pretty soft? Pretty soft. Okay. Well, hey, congratulations to you guys. For having that hair in your life. <laughs> hey, we're gonna keep the show right on rolling. Uh, this next comic, it is his first time on the show. We always go, we always get super loud uh, to welcome new comics, and he is in from New York, so we're gonna go extra loud for that. Let's hear right now for Jared Berenstein, guys. Give it up for Jared. <laughs> Hello, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> Who's the uh, double conditioner guy? Where is he? Somewhere around there? Just, just uh, think about triple conditioner, man. It's gonna change your fucking life. I swear to God. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in from New York, I'm just visiting, and I don't know if you guys know this, but whenever you visit LA, one of the things you have to do is rent a car so that you can get around. First thing I did when I landed was I got into an awesome fight with the guy who was renting me my car. Here's what happened. You guys know how when you're in a car, they try to give you the insurance. It's total bullshit. They're like, for extra 15 bucks, blah, blah, blah. But you don't need it because your credit card will automatically insure your rental car. He's like, do you want the insurance? I was like, no, thank you. It's covered by my credit card. But then he tried to give me the hard sell for the insurance. He was like, you know, you're not covered if you kill somebody. <laughs> You kill somebody with this rental car and you just have the insurance from your credit card, you're still liable. <laughs> and I never usually do this, but I kind of got in the guy's face a little bit. I was like, all right. So if I get your insurance, then I can just fucking kill somebody with this <laughs> rental car and then walk away. 
I'll take it. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but if I had to pick a number one reason why I don't murder strangers with rental cars, I'd probably go with consequences. In fact, there are usually consequences to that action. Second thing I did when I got into town, I uh, got to my hotel and I started watching Law and Order because it seems to always be on every time I get to a hotel. I saw that I'd never seen this on a Law and Order episode before. These two cops were fighting, and first cop says to the second cop, We can't arrest him. We don't even have a body yet. But then the second cop gets a text message. He looks at his phone and he goes, We do now. <laughs> they found a body by the Hudson. And I was really upset that we didn't get to see that scene where somebody is walking by the Hudson and finds a dead body and is just like, I have got to text my cop friend about this. He fucking loves shit like this. I feel like that could have been a phone call. How fucking jaded are you? That you see a dead body by the Hudson and you're just like, um... Is there an emoji for body by the Hudson? I don't want to type it on. A friend of mine got arrested once because he had cocaine on him. And I'm a little bit of a nerd, so the first thing I did when I heard about this was I uh, Wikipedia'd cocaine to learn as much about it as I could find out and I found out something fascinating this is 100% true if you go on the Wikipedia page for cocaine there is a picture of cocaine on the page just a little bump of cocaine a little picture of a little bump in the picture with the cocaine is a penny for perspective so that you know how big a pile of cocaine is which is extremely helpful because it's not like cocaine is a powder that can be made into literally any size. Like there's some cop at a drug bust with a penny going like, none of this is cocaine. It's like way too big. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it's literally a thousand times the size of cocaine. We gotta let this guy go. I was, a, I was a pretty prudish kid. I didn't know a lot about sex when I was growing up. Um, like, I didn't know what wet dreams were when I was a kid. And I asked a friend of mine, I was like, what's a wet dream? And he goes, all right, Jarrett, let me break this down for you. A wet dream is when a dude hasn't masturbated for like three or four days. And I was like, stop right there. This is never going to come up in my entire life. This is never going to be something I have to deal with. I was nervous around women, but it wasn't my fault. It was my health teacher's fault. Because when we were young, she showed us a video of a child being born. That wasn't what freaked me out. The thing that freaked me out was she put the video in at the end. And she made us watch while she rewound it. So as a young man, I got to watch a vagina eat a baby. I watched a vagina eat a baby feet first. And there's a doctor there, but he's not helping. He's basically just feeding the baby to the vagina, like that motion. The baby is covered in what, at the time, I could only assume was baby sauce. 
And then the health teacher is like, making love is when you put your penis in there. And I was like, I just watched that thing wolf down a baby in one bite. Didn't even chew. That's how a python eats things also. I think I'm gonna keep my dick away from there. That's cool with everybody. I did have sex eventually, guys. In high school, no less. I thought I got to go pregnant when I was in high school. That was terrifying. I've never been so scared my entire life. I went to my dad to figure out what I should do about this. Because he always gave me the best advice. I went to my dad's office, and I was like, Dad, I think I got this girl pregnant. And if she has the baby, it's going to ruin my life. What can I do to convince her to, like, you know, get rid of the baby, if you know what I mean. And I will never forget this, as long as I live. My dad looked at me right in the face, and he goes, Jared, you are here on this earth because I don't know how to convince a woman to get rid of a baby, if you know what I mean. kind of advice that stays with you forever, guys. You know what I'm talking about? All right, let me give it back to your host. I'm Jared Berenstein. Thank you guys so much for having me. Enjoy the rest of your show. Guys, one more time for Jared. He killed it. He killed it. And hey, uh, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic also in from New York, friend of the show. He just did it this last weekend in Sketchfest, actually. We're so happy to have him here. Let's hear it right now for Josh Gondelman. Guys, get up for Josh. Come on. Thank you, guys. I half went for the hug. <laughs> no, that's okay. I didn't commit. And there's no, like, you know when you go with a handshake and they don't shake your hand, you got this move? <laughs> but if you half go for the hug and they don't, you can't just hug yourself and cradle yourself. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I'm not a cool guy. I have uncool taste in things. Like, my favorite thing in the world is old people. <laughs> I love old people so much, I love everything about them. I love that they wear long sleeves and long pants all year round. <laughs> like, their skin can't touch the air. <laughs> like, they're all made of avocado. <laughs> I called my grandmother two weeks ago. It was her 97th birthday. Thank you. That is impressive. Yeah, the Roman numeral for her age is an entire sentence. It's wonderful. I called her for 97th. I said, Nana, happy birthday. She said, thank you, Joshua. And who would have thought I'm 96 years old? And I was like, oh, no. Because that meant one of two things, right? One, her memory was starting to slip. She was losing it a little bit, or, which is sad. Or two... She picked a hell of a time and increment to start lying about her age. <laughs> which might be sadder. <laughs> a lot of people, I don't make, you know, I don't like to make fun. A lot of people give old folks a bad rap. A lot of people say old folks are racist. I don't think that's true. I don't think they're any more racist than you or I. I just think they think they're still whispering. 
I'll be out in public with my grandmother. She'll say something well-meaning but atrocious. She'll be like, oh, Joshua, look at that lovely oriental couple. It's like, oh, dear God, Nana, you need to turn up your hearing aid because we're in public and the future. (laughs) She doesn't mean any harm. She doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. She's just using the word she learned to talk about race when she learned how to talk about race before we fought the Nazis in World War II. So here's what I do. Every time she screws up, I give her a new word to bring her into the 21st century so she can speak publicly. The problem is she's 97 years old, no matter what she tells you. She doesn't have a lot of time. Thank you. You're faster than most audiences, audience. She doesn't have a lot of time left, and she doesn't want to waste it studying flashcards. So what I do is every time I give her the same word for any race of people that I want to correct. It's not right. It's just the easiest way for me to handle the situation. Every time she makes a mistake like that with any race of people, I just go, no, 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 Nana. Nowadays, we call those people bloggers. (laughs) Because she doesn't know what that word means, and she'll say it because she loves and trusts me. And for her, the best part is she still gets to yell her racist old lady nonsense. It's just now appropriate for public consumption. She still gets to be like, no granddaughter of mine's gonna date a lazy blogger. (laughs) Or in 15 years, the bloggers will control our entire economy. (laughs) We'll all be speaking bloganese. (laughs) You've gotta love all sorts of people, right? Though, don't be prejudiced, don't be bigoted. I tried, I used to teach preschool, and that's the lesson really that I tried to teach the kids, and I know they took to it, because one day we were eating lunch, and there was a little boy named Matthew who was very popular because he had a lot of stickers and very rarely pooped his pants. (laughs) And when you're four, that's all it takes. So we're eating, and the girls are giving Matthew such a hard time. They're like, Matthew, marry me. Marry me, Matthew, marry me. No, don't marry her. Marry me. Me, Matthew, me. He turns bright red. He doesn't know how to respond. No one's ever proposed to him before. So the girls jack up the intensity, like, Matthew, time for you to choose who you're going to marry, because if you don't choose right now who you're going to marry, time's going to run out. You'll be left without anyone to marry at all. Whoa. (laughs) What a crazy thing for those girls to say, never having eaten Thanksgiving dinner with my parents. (laughs) So finally, Matthew speaks up. He's like, I'm sorry, girls. I don't know why his voice is deeper than my voice. When I tell this story, but it is. He goes, I'm sorry, girls, but I'm going to marry Jeremy. We all turn to look at Jeremy, who's just sitting there like this. <laughs> like, already asked his dad, bro. It's cool. And the girls are furious. Like, Matthew, you can't do that. You can't marry Jeremy because Jeremy's a boy and you're a boy and a boy can't marry another boy. That's against the rules. Isn't that against the rules, Josh? And now I find myself the arbiter of civil liberties (laughs) for a room full of four-year-olds. So I say to them very sincerely, well, girls, in New York State, where we live, if two boys grow up and they want to marry each other, That's totally fine. No problem at all. And there's silence in the room. Tension. Much like when I tell this story at any comedy show, even at the UCB. (laughs) Tension that is only broken when Matthew and Jeremy high five! (laughs) And why wouldn't they when you're for gay marriage is all you want in the world? (laughs) 
It's just a never-ending slumber party with your best friend where you can play trucks until dawn any night you want. Also, if you have conservative fa- uh, family members and need a code word, playing trucks is the funniest euphemism for gay sex. <laughs> So I think the matter's settled, but then this one little girl pipes up like a real dickhead. (laughs) She's like, if you can marry a boy, why don't you just marry a dog? Yikes. (laughs) It's like, easy, Michelle Bachman, right? Like, how (laughs) is this girl already old enough to know she's going to grow up and manage a Chick-fil-A someday? So... (laughs) I think I'm going to have to give an entirely different speech on why to love and embrace all different types of people, but before I can, Matthew goes, Marry a dog? That sounds even better! (laughs) I was like, these kids are perhaps too (laughs) open-minded. Thank you guys so much. You've been a real treat. Back to Cameron. Josh Gunnelman, guys. Let's hear it for Josh. Yeah, man. Little kid. You know, I have, like, the smallest dog. And so, if anything's preventing my marriage to that dog, like, after Rhea and I marry each other, and then, like, we break up, and then I'm looking to move on to dog marriage, it's totally going to be his size. You know what I mean? He's too fucking small. Okay, he's a dog also. That's the other thing with, like... Without the ability to consent, you know? And bad breath, he's the worst! He can't talk, you know what I mean? Or drive me anywhere! You know, like, if I'm in a terrible accident, he's a dog. You know, so there's that. Plus, we don't have, like, a great intellectual connection, like the two of us. You know, it's like, he's like, oh, I'm a dog. And I'm like, I'm assuming you're saying I'm a dog. You know, it's like a weird thing. Okay. Josh was amazing. How are you doing? Yeah, how are you? Well, how was your day today? What'd you do? I feels like you guys know each other. You took care of her. Are you visiting? She did my laundry while I was at work. Whoa. Okay. You seem too old for that. Now my mom's in town. Who cares? Okay. Um, you're visiting. Where are you visiting from? San Antonio. San Antonio. Well, welcome to Los Angeles. I'm not you. You like you got like. You, Okay, I mean, wow, it's that bad, huh? <laughs> like, I live there, but I hate it! I hate it! Let me stay here! Um, okay, you weren't born there. What brought you to Texas? Work. Work, yeah. Are you going to get out of there as soon as you can? No, it's really quite nice. No, you're like, okay. <laughs> Let's get her! No, it's, it's fine. Um... Okay, yeah, all right. And what brings you, you, do you live in Los Angeles now? I do. And how long ago did you move here? Uh, four years ago. Four years ago. Mm-hmm. Still importing your mom for laundry. And that's a nice. <laughs> I like that ratio, that's good. Yeah. Um, might I ask how old you are? Oh, no. Oh, no, it's okay. You're like a youthful woman. It's not an embarrassing 23. question. 23? Oh, wait, why did that get weird? Do you think that's old? Or do you think that's young? No, actually, 23, you still made it. You're under the mom doing laundry cutoff. It's just like your hair is kind of curled in a nice way. I thought maybe you were 30. You know what I mean? Just like, not that you're like, wait. What a weird ageist LA audience. I was like, I thought you were 30. You guys were like, oh, God. Oh, please, she would be dead. 
23. No, that you're still good. Well, well, great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, 23. Do you do you know what your uh, do you know what your what your path after 23 is going to be? Do you have a do you have an eye on your future at all yet? It's okay. You don't have to. 23. You're totally. It's all up in the air. Yeah. You don't. That's cool. No problem. You're doing great so far. Your hair looks good. You got a scarf on. You're well put together. Flats. You're doing fine. You got out of Texas. You're killing it. Let's hear it for that gal. Yes. Hey, uh, next coming up. Now we're gonna take a. We're gonna do a little bit something different next. Um, it is. We don't have a comic coming up next. He just says, somebody who wants to have a word with you. Um, and I'm just like so happy uh, to be the one to bring him on stage. Let's hear it right now for Chip Gardner, guys. Just just out to have a word with you. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chip Gardner. Some Chip Gardner fans here tonight. Folks, I'm here because I have tossed my hat into the ring to become Hollywood's honorary mayor, and I sure could use your support. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Hollywood isn't its own city. It's part of Los Angeles. It doesn't have its own mayor. (laughs) Well, that's why I said honorary. You might want to try listening before you start criticizing people in your head. And if you've got a problem with me in the future, I'd prefer it if you say it out loud, coward. (laughs) Now, the honorary mayor is not an elected position. This person is appointed by the Chamber of Commerce to be on hand for various ceremonial occasions. Over the years, the job has been held by some true show business titans, uh, Lawrence Welk, Monty Hall, some guy named Ben Hunter. But no one in all that time has defined the job better than broadcaster Johnny Grant. After 28 years as Hollywood's honorary mayor, the only force strong enough to dislodge him from the job was the icy hand of death itself. (laughs) Johnny passed away in 2008, and out of respect for the great man, the position has been vacant ever since. Well, folks, I'm here tonight to say that's just about enough respect. (laughs) Six years will just about do it. And so I am asking disrespectfully to please be given that dead man's job, please. (laughs) What qualifies me for the job? That's a decent question. I have been a broadcaster for many years and a game show host for decades. You may remember me from classic game shows such as... mm, See if you can avoid being hit by these hammers. That was one. (laughs) People came out on stage and... uh, We tried to hit them with hammers, and they tried to avoid being hit by them. Harder than it sounds like. Because there were ten of us with hammers. Are you smarter than a room full of poisonous snakes? That was another one. Where we put people in a room full of poisonous snakes and asked them general interest questions, and seldom were they ever able to answer the questions before succumbing to the poison, and very sadly, almost always dying. I hosted another show called Yes, But Can You Still Do It If We Set You On Fire? (laughs) In which people who were really good at something tried to do it after they had been safely set on fire. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, I am not running unopposed. Uh, Some other folks uh, would like to be Hollywood's honorary mayor. I'm up against some well-organized and well-financed show business titans. I'd like to say a word or two about my opponents. Marion Ross, ladies and gentlemen, you may remember Marion Ross as Mrs. Cunningham on Happy Days, Richie's mother, 
course, we all have fond memories of her there, but Marion Ross, the real Marion Ross, is a whore and a proven liar. <laughs> For $500, you can spend the night in a room above Marion Ross's garage wearing a, a leather jacket, just like the Fonz. For an extra $20, she will visit you in the night and fuck you. <laughs> That is a fact. I don't think she's mayor of Hollywood material, personally. Not with a track record like that. Sally Struthers. If all you know of Sally Struthers is her work on All in the Family and as the trembling emotive spokesperson for impoverished children, you don't know the real Sally Struthers. She is a boy murderer with a collection of brains on her mantelpiece. She kills boys and takes their brains, <laughs> depriving their mothers of the opportunity to bury those boys with their brains. I think that's wrong. Rick Dees has fathered dozens of illegitimate children, all of whom are bestialists. They have sexual love for animals. Have to wonder about a person who has so many bestialist children. Speaking of animals, let's not even talk about Love Boat's captain, Gavin McLeod. He gets his kicks by adopting puppies, bringing them back to his mansion, and drowning them in a hot tub full of champagne. Hot champagne. Now, I would like to think the best of my opponents. Uh, I hope that none of them engage in negative campaigning. I don't believe in that. But I know there's a chance that some of them may bring up the fact that I am an avowed Satanist. It's true. I've never denied it. It was the Lord Satan who lifted me up after a jeep ran over my face on the Pacific Coast Highway. It was Lord Satan who stood by me through all of my failed facial replacement surgeries as my body rejected face after face. And so I am thankful to Lord Satan that I stand before you now with a face that will stick to my skull. Hail Satan indeed. I do believe, my friends, that one day, very soon, Satan will rise from the lake of fire and rain chaos and destruction upon the world. And I am doing everything in my power to make that day come as soon as it possibly can. <laughs> that is all true. But folks, I believe when that happens, I will rule by his unholy side. And that's got to be good for Hollywood. That, plus bringing production back to Hollywood, are the two central promises of my campaign. <laughs> And so, folks, I hope that you'll get in touch with the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and let them know that Chip Gardner is your guy. Chip Gardner for Honorary Mayor of Hollywood. Hail Satan! Thanks, folks. Thanks for your time. That's Chip Gardner! Who you may notice bears a striking resemblance to uh, TV's Andy Daly. Uh, who you've seen on such shows as Comedy Bang Bang, or maybe Delocated, or maybe Everything Ever, including Eastbound and Down. That was that guy also, just a separate guy. Oh, man, we, hey, we got two comics left. That's terrible news, isn't it? Here's the good news. We've got two comics left! <laughs> All right, how's the show so far? Everybody's having a good time, yes? I feel like it is going very well. I like how you're leaning the fuck in. That's some cool posture. That's like some cool comedy posture. 
Look at one, one foot even cheating off the chair as if to say, I might run onto the stage and, ta- and hug the comic who tells the best joke. I sense that in you. How are you? Are you doing well? Did you have a good day? You have a nice beard. It's full. It's happening. It looks almost fake. It's so full. You know what I mean? It's almost, how long have you had a beard on your face? It comes and goes? Like the wind? What do you mean? You grow it out of your skin, right? Oh, yeah, and then you're just like done with it and you can grow right back? What kind of man are you? Oh, just wait. What do you do, what do, what do, you do with uh, your time when you're not growing beards in your sleep? You work in art department? Yeah. What kind of art stuff do you I do? Build sets, like you build sets. That makes so much sense, though, because then you have that extra face protection. Yeah. Okay, it's like an errant nail or something. You're like, no problem. I've got this woolly protection. <laughs> That's what you you kind of like a woolly willy. You know what I mean? Remember those guys? Oh, it's like a magnet. And you draw the beard on there. Oh, yeah. And it's so stressful because you can never really make a good one because like, you're still using a magnet. So sometimes you're like, oh, I'm almost there. And then you drag the beard off accidentally. <laughs> but we were always trying to make it look like you, sir. You're the fucking woolly willy of our dreams. <laughs> Let's hear for that guy. Oh, hey, uh, this next comic, friend of the show. We love him so much. Let's hear it right now for Johnny Pemberton, guys. Give it up for Johnny. I've been driving a lot today. I just fucking gotta get it out. Ugh. Sitting for like many, many hours. Now all I want to do is just like, just toddler. Just fucking like flip and just... Oh, I feel so good. I can't, I can do it for hours right at this point. I've been driving for like 16 miles today. All I want to do... Though I just realized that that sounded like not very much. God, yeah, it's not that much, but it is because in this city, you know, guys like in this city, it's like... You know, like 60 miles. <laughs> I mean, it's like, in another city, it might be like, what? You know, but here, it's like, wow, that's like two hours of driving or something. So I'm just like, ah. Just, I just wanna, I want someone to, you know what I want? I want someone to just fucking punch me in the face. Like, that would feel so good after you're like in traffic for an hour. If someone walked up to me and just like, like didn't like break my eye or something, but just fucking just, fuck you. I would be like, oh, um, is everything okay? Oh, I feel so I feel so good right now. All of a sudden, it's like yoga. It's like instantaneous hour of yoga. But I've never done yoga, so I don't even know what that feels like. It doesn't matter. I have done weed, though. I have done weed. You guys done that? The weed? Oh, I just said I just said the weed. That's the worst thing. I didn't mean that. No weed. Did not mean the weed. Eh, hey, the weed. Yeah, you like the weed? <laughs> I know it's not the weed. It's, uh, I said that as a joke. It's actually the weed. Uh, that was me making fun of a guy who I would be making fun of who would say the thing that I just said non-ironically, accidentally. Yeah, we're, we're fucked, aren't we? Um, weed edibles, though. Those things are something else, huh? You know about those? No one knows. You know what? It's okay to say you do. It's like it's not like a. This is a safe place. Yes. Yeah. All right. I said. Oh, jeez. You said the way you said it was so like. Yeah, I know. But then with the high. F- Does this scare you? No. no okay. Say it. It's okay. <laughs> it's you, you. What surprised me? The high five. Okay. I'm about to. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I was at a party and I had it and I don't know. Totally. I had the same sort of thing happen. I, I ate one of those things and it was just like, oh no, the best experience I've ever had. It was so great. No, really. It's like, that's what's so great about those weed edibles is they just get you so nicely, perfectly stoned. You know what I mean? It's like, it's never too much. It's just the exact right amount of high you want to be. Uh, I took one. I went to this barbecue of some people I didn't know, just had a friend of a friend, and I ate one. And I, I first ate like a quarter of the cookie because I was like, you know, I don't want to eat too much. But nothing happened for about 10 or 15 minutes. So I, yeah. So I ate the rest of it, right? Turns out that was the right thing to do because if I hadn't eaten that entire three gram marijuana cookie, I wouldn't have been so nicely, perfectly stoned at that party full of strangers. It was so great, you know? It was nice and sociably in control, not weird at all stoned. Yeah, I definitely did not get trapped behind the shade of a small tree. No, it didn't happen. No, because it didn't happen because those weed edibles are so made so perfectly that you just, you know, so perfectly, evenly, nicely stoned, you know? Didn't hear, like, I didn't get, didn't get stuck in that shade of that tree for hours and have to follow the shade as it arced across the sky in correspondence with the sun's path. Didn't happen. Didn't hear, like, phantom dogs everywhere. Didn't hear it, because I was just so relaxed. You know, I was just so relaxed. I was like, I don't hear any phantom dogs. It was great. I love those weed edibles. They're so, so good. They're just such a good thing to do. Like, if you don't know what's going to happen, if you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're like, man, this could be scary or weird or both, have a weed edible. <laughs> just eat three grams of medical marijuana. Just fucking, just jump in. You know what I mean? Just dive in. Say hello. Hey, I, I'm Papa. Yeah. Just go with it. Let it go. Because you know what? We're pretty much at the Renaissance Festival anyways, so you might as well just pretend like you are in real life. That's all I gotta say about those weed apples. Um, I like to do impressions. You guys have heard impressions before? Cool, awesome. I'm gonna do a couple here for you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're like me, but you kind of stay up late at night wondering what would happen if a uh, fat bastard from the Austin Powers franchise maybe had coffee with Eric Cartman from South Park. I think I might go. I think I might go. I'll do something like this. <laughs> hey, get in my belly, coffee. Skinny, skinny, fat bastard. I'm in a game, man. We can't. Hey, get in my belly. Yeah, fat bastard. Skinny, 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 fat bastard. I get him. Uh, that would be pretty crazy, right? To be at that coffee shop. <laughs> Could you imagine being at that coffee shop when those two? <laughs> that would be crazy. Here's what would be. Here's what I lay awake and I really wondering about. Uh, could you imagine maybe be sitting next to a table at a nice restaurant and uh, Robert De Niro from the movie Goodfella and uh, analyzes this is having dinner with none other than Jim Carrey as Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> Think about go a little something like this. Uh, mm, it's pretty, I don't know, pretty good. Pretty good soup here, The Mask. Hey, excuse me. I don't know, the mask, what do you think about this soup? Ooh, ooh, too hot, smoking, ah! Ooh, somebody stop me from eating all this soup, oh! Mm. 
I don't know about that, the mask. I don't know if I want to stop you. I don't know about that. Oh, look who's coming into the restaurant. None other than, none other, who would arrive at this restaurant. Um, looks like it's Eric Cartman on the shoulders of Fat Bastard, okay? Come, they're coming in. Uh, get in my belly, not on my neck, Eric Cartman. Get up, get down from my neck. Uh, ski, ski, I'm gonna run in the neck here. Uh, pretty, pretty, I don't know about that, I don't know. Ooh, somebody stop them, ah! Oh man, that would be crazy, huh? To be a fly on the wall. That. God. Thanks, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just love movies. It'd just be, that would be, to see that would be just something else. I just, yeah. I mean, like, somebody, yeah. Because the mask is so much, you know. Um, I just want to finish up with a song real quick, and then I'm going to get out of here. Uh, it's just a favorite song, a song of mine. I like to sing it for you. Hope you like songs. Real quick, let's do acapella. A trip on the ocean, sailing through the sea. The same emotion that you didn't need. You get up out of there. You get up out of there. Give me the rock, don't you do. Don't you forget about it. Woo! You know that song? You guys know it? That's, uh, that's um, Santana. He combined with uh, the lead singer for Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas. Those guys combined about 10 years ago, did that song. Fucking A, so good. It just, you know, who would have thought? Those guys are from separate bands, but they're like, they got the. Rob Thomas is a white guy, you know, tall, pretty good looking white guy. Santana, Hispanic dude, like reinvented guitar, kind of. Those guys came together, trip on the ocean, say like, wow, that happened, you know? Trip on the ocean, say I don't even, best part. A game and a rock, don't you do, don't you fucking get about it. Then that guitar, woo! That Santana comes in like a fucking, comes in and Rob Thomas steps back as Santana's in there and, Ah, oh, who would have thought that those two would create such a spicy gumbo of sound, you know what I mean? I love it. It just makes me want to have like a desk job where I could I just put that chorus on repeat just to chip and every time it goes on repeat, I just take a take a wooden dowel and just fucking strike myself in the leg. You know? Don't you forget about it. I feel that pain just like surge up the leg as the the ears are hearing this, the, don't you forget about it, with the guitar. That is here, pleasure, pain, just, uh, and like, just meets in the middle, it's just, ah, uh, it's so good. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it took me 10 years to find that song. It's just unbelievable. So good. It's called Smooth, actually, um, which is ironic, so. Yeah, I just wanted to share that song with you guys, but, um, yeah, good night, uh, thanks so much, uh, for having me here and just be sure to listen to uh, Spotify that song because a lot of other good songs come up (laughs) good night Uh, uh, televised football. Did you guys watch that? Did you guys watch that televised football? Clap if you watched that televised football. A couple people, you know.
you little theater crowd highlighter didn't watch it. Oh no, you did, you did, you did. I saw it, it was low clapping. You were like, I'm, uh, it was all right, yeah, I get it. Um, it was not the best, it was not the best, it was not the best. You know, my heart could not have been more broken, uh, not for Peyton Manning, uh, but for Eli Manning, who they kept showing, who had to watch. He, that, is, that is one of the most fucked up things I have seen in a long time, is somebody, like, the only person that would really know how terrible that that would feel has to watch their sibling experience that and then probably see that sibling again. I feel like there's totally a chance Eli Manning would have been like, well, now we're going to see him again. Because how do you, like, what do you, what do you say after that? What do you, you th- what do you, how do you? Omaha. Omaha, yeah. You could say Omaha. Um, I don't know a lot about football, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Well, that feels like you could say that. You know what I was going to say? I was going to say that you could say, um, hey, why'd you keep throwing the football to the other team? A lot. Felt like that happened a bunch. And I just want to know where your head was at in that. If that was intentional. If that was a goof, you really goofed us. If you were like, well, I'm going to float this right into the hands of that guy who doesn't play for me or anybody I know. Good job on that. If you were the, if you were into this for throwing stuff on the ground, rolling it around, and then, oops, it goes over your head and slam it into the end zone. If you're into that, you killed it, brother. That's what I would have said to him if I was Eli Manning. Oh, that's gonna be just terrible. I wonder if they've seen each other. Like, do you think they saw each other after the game, or do you think they just like waited a couple of? Like, seriously, this is important shit. I don't know if anybody here has a sibling, but it is tough to watch a sibling struggle and then to know that your sibling is struggling on national television. Even all the money you know your sibling has could not soften that blow. I feel like maybe that's what I would do if I was Eli Manning. I just, before the game, I would have asked Peyton for all of his like Bank of America login information. And then during the game, I just like keep refreshing so that I made sure that I remembered how much my brother had in terms of money. And th- therefore, it was going to be okay. You know, like, <sighs> still like seven billion dollars. because otherwise he should be pissed at himself for really shitting the field on this one. See how he used a football thing there? I played football. It's like that. Yeah, you played football. It's like that. Yes, in high school. You, I first of all, fuck yeah, that this is where you're participating in the show. <laughs> I'm not against, I love it. I love that you're like, not now, not now. Right at the end! The only way this could have been better is what if it was the end of the show and I was like, good night! And you're like, I played my wall high school as you were leaving. <laughs> what position did you play? What, uh, center? Defensive line. Defensive line? Yeah, I thought so. Physics. <laughs> you just charge into the other team. Uh-huh. Whoever has more you guys smash each other. Yeah, I know how football works. Yes, it doesn't need to be complicated. <sighs> well, I mean... Is that true? I feel like some of it's a little, because there's running, jump in the air, you know what I mean? And then the other guy jumps. You understand what I'm saying. We played defense, we didn't even have plays. Well, I feel like you're talking about high school football. (laughs) I'm talking about the National Football League. (laughs) 
but I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I didn't. I never played football, but my boyfriend in high school was the, was the star of the football. What? No, seriously. Um, was the star of the football team. He played like all the positions, and um, and so I did. Used to what? What? Are you, why are you saying what? It's okay. It's true. He I, yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh, did you not assume that a lesbian could have a boyfriend in high school who ran a 4-4-40 and had 4% body fat? That's a lot of fours. I did. I tried your best. Not interested. (laughs) Hey, we are going to finish the show on a very special high note. He's in from Australia to do the show. Ladies and gentlemen, first time on the show. Let's hear it right now for Tommy Dasolo. Give it up for Tommy! (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Now let me hear you say way up. I said boom, boom, boom. Now let me hear you say way up. Any questions? <laughs> cool. Um, thank you for having me. I'm just visiting. I'm from Australia. Uh, I've been walking around your city and seeing a lot of people with dogs in the street. I have a little dog at home, a little Jack Russell, and uh, I have to walk him every day, and it always takes ages to walk him, right? The last time I was walking my dog, this old woman came up to us, and without even saying anything to me, she just went straight up to my dog and just went, Oh, Jack Russell, they're cute, aren't they? I've got one of these at home and he's bloody cheeky. Like, the other day I tried to dress him up like Harry Potter and he kept wiggling out of the costume. They're just silly buggers, these Jack Russells, aren't they? And then she just left, right? Now, if you've got a dog, you'll know that that's what happens when you take it out, isn't it? A dog is just like a little magnet that draws in every freak and lunatic in a ten-mile radius that just wants to tell you everything that's ever happened to them near a dog. And I imagine this city would be great for that. And, uh, like, it's weird when you really think about it because when you boil it down, we are a society of people that is doing everything we can to not talk to each other. You know, people check their phones, people have music in. But if you go out in the street with a dog, a stranger will come up to you and go, my dog ate a tampon once. (laughs) It's a true thing that someone said to me at home when I was walking my dog one time. And don't get me wrong, I love it. I'm into it. I think we need to do more things like this. We should connect with the people around us and we should talk to strangers. And so I'm starting to try and bring that into other areas of life. Um, Like what I've been doing is just walking around the supermarkets and going up to strangers and just going, ah, I've got cornflakes at home. Yeah. (laughs) Cute little devils, aren't they? Yeah. Put the milk on them and then you take a phone call and it goes all soggy. What's going on there? It's bloody nonsense, isn't it? I ate a tampon once. (laughs) That is how I'm going to start a cult. Uh, (laughs) Let me read you this. This is a true thing that happened a couple days ago. So I've been here for like five days now. And on Sunday, I emailed my dad just to give him like an update of how my trip's been going and the stuff I've been doing and the stuff I've been seeing. And he wrote back to me like half an hour later. And this is word for word my dad's response that he emailed back to my travel update. 
Dear Tom, thanks very much for the update. You may have heard on the Australian news that Coca-Cola are planning to close the SPC Fruit Canning Company. They brought the company less than nine years ago and they now say that it's not profitable to make fruit in Australia. It seems funny that they did not realise this when they bought the company. This is one of the biggest fruit canning enterprises in the world and a major Australian business. When you're buying your various Coca-Cola refreshments over there, could you please make a note of how much they cost? It will be interesting to know if Coca-Cola is cheaper in America or not. Love, Dad. So, shit, I just realised, sorry to anyone who in here who doesn't have a relationship with their father, that would have just seemed like massive showing off. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't mean for that. If you do have a fractured relationship with your father, one piece of advice I can give you based on that is just give him a can of Coke from a foreign country. Um, should smooth it right over. Guys, I want to tell you a story about something that happened to me in high school. I've realised recently that I miss high school. I miss the kind of different perspective that you had on things. You didn't see things for the way they really are. Um, when I was in ninth grade, I was in maths class and uh, we got told that after class, before lunch, we had to go in for a full school assembly and that had never happened before at my school, right? So I went to an all-boys school. We all go into the assembly hall, all of us, uh, and then just walking through the assembly hall, having to push through the thick mist of axe body spray that hung over my school like a dense permanent fog and then we all sit down and we're there and our principal gets up and he tells us that a website has gone up online that features a series of photos that have been taken of boys from my school leaving sports practices in their sports uniforms and these photos have been taken with a very very long range camera by someone like sitting very far away right and this website has been set up for older men who like looking at photos of younger boys and our principal tells us that this website is going to be featured on the news tonight. They've talked to the police about getting it taken down. But in the meantime, when you're walking home from school, everything's going to be fine, but just be vigilant and know that these people are out there, right? So we all get up, we leave the assembly hall, we go to lunch, me and my friends are standing around, and my friend Phil came over, and Phil was kind of like the tough, cool guy in our group. So he walks over to us and he goes, I just checked that website, I'm on there five times. <laughs> Suck shit, losers. <laughs> And my friend Jamie goes, man, it sounded pretty serious in there. Like, I don't know if this is really something that we should be making jokes about. And Phil goes, you would say that, Jamie. You're only on there twice, you poofter. Now, I had no idea what was going on. I just knew I needed to be on that fucking website, right? Because clearly it carried with it a massive social currency. So I race home. At this point in time, I didn't have my own computer. We had one computer in the house. It was in my dad's study. So I run into my dad's study. I get on the website. I open up the website, magnitude.com, and this gallery of images comes up. Five rows down, four photos across. There's a photo of me in my full school uniform. In one hand, I've got an extra-large Slurpee. In the other hand, I've got an ice cream that we have at home called a golden gay time. Um... That's a true thing, so anyone on the fence about whether it's worth visiting Australia, keep in mind that in my country you can walk into 7-Eleven and in the freezer there is an ice cream that says golden gay time on the wrapper. So it's the kind of shit we've got going on back home, right? So I'm looking at this photo of me on this creepy website and I've got to be honest with you, it felt pretty good. It really did. It was very validating for me as a young man, right? So then... I look and I realise that under the photo there's a little number four and I realise that you can click that and that's a gallery of comments. People have commented anonymously on this photo of me. So I click the four, the photo spins around and four comments comes up and I will remember the comments till the day I die. Comment number one was, pretty good but the golden gay time kind of ruins it for me. 
pretty ironic comment, all things considered. Um, comment number two just said, not really my cup of tea. Comment number three just said, yuck. And then comment number four, wow, what a dreamboat. Your boy, eh? Yeah. So I'm looking at that and, uh, you know, comment number four, even though he is, strictly speaking, a physical manifestation of pure evil, still seems like a pretty good bloke, doesn't he? Because he's... So then I realise, right, anyone can comment anonymously on the photos and I realise this is the chance to take down my cool friend Phil and really fuck with his head, right? So I go through and I try and find a photo of him to start commenting on. I'm sitting there commenting. Ten minutes later, my dad comes into his study to get a book, sees me and goes, oh, what are you doing there? And I just go, oh, nothing, just using your computer to uh, leave anonymous comments on a photo of my friend that's on this pedophile website that's going to be on the news tonight. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the true story of the day before my parents bought me my first computer. Um, <laughs> guys, you've been awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Enjoy your night. See ya. How long are you in town? I am here until Thursday. How long have you been here? I've been here since last Thursday. Oh, that's actually like a pretty short trip. Yeah, and then I'm going to San Francisco till Sunday. To do so Sketchfest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I'm only in the country for like How 11 days. How often do you come over? Uh, like once a year, roughly, yeah. give or take. Yeah. You know, I've never done comedy in Australia. I was just talking to uh, my friend Brendan Walsh, mm-hmm. who was yep. going down to do whatever the... The comedy festival. Yeah, and then I was there's like a his circuit. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And he, yeah, he was saying that it's like kind of amazing because you could, the festival can like hook you up with like five or six weeks of shows in different cities yeah. if, you're, if you're at Brendan's you know, yeah, well, they, of... they do... So each major city in Australia has its own comedy festival now, but then the Melbourne one runs what they call a road show, which goes to, like, all the mm. kind of regional areas and, like, smaller towns. So they take, some like, a couple of internationals. They'll get to stick around and then a couple of local guys and they'll sort of travel around a little bus. And I've done it uh, once and it's great. You go into, you know, you and go into how the middle do you of the desert and feel... stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. And how do you feel being over here? Great. Like, it's... does it feel... So I've done... Uh, Here's the here's the countries I've done comedy in that are not. Uh-huh. Oh hi! I'm gonna say hi to you one second. I'm just finishing up an interview. Um, I've done stuff in the UK and I've yep. done stuff in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, I thought that South Africa was like a lot uh, easier to connect. Um, than here or than the UK? Than in the UK, right? Because they have like a really. American influenced culture and like the UK kind of has like their own thing going on yeah 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 so like people got my references and people got my um like way of speaking anyway my question is what how are you finding American audiences or how do you find American audiences Uh, yeah I find it I find them good I mean people at home really obsess about like when you come back from doing some gigs here they'll be like "Uh, do the Americans get it because there's this idea that like like I don't know Australia and I think maybe the UK is probably the same like a little bit arrogant about how refined our sense of humour is and so we, I think <laughs> I'm not saying I'm like this but uh, people yeah, at you home no, yeah, you tend to it. look down and go you know they don't get sarcasm and they don't get this and That's they don't get that yeah. and it's like I've never found obviously you've got to pick your references and stuff you can't like a couple of bits but like Americans are a little stupid well okay fine if you're yeah. going to say it you are you're all dumb um, we don't get go it go to hell everyone listening um, <laughs> no I think it's just that like back home we like like me and all my friends have grown up taking in everything from like everything from America gets kind of shipped overseas whereas you guys make everything so you like do you know what I mean for stuff to crack through yeah, like like people can come out to Australia and reference 
you know, a cereal or that's actually chocolate exactly that we don't have. And we'll get it. We, we'll know just from watching that's sitcoms. That's actually exactly what I'm talking yeah. about in terms of... Uh, in my, that was my experience in the UK. And I, I'm so excited to go back there, yeah. you know, whenever I get, I get a chance to go back there, just to, like, rise to that challenge, which mm. is that they've got their own shit going on and, like, they're not as interested yeah. in, like, this arrogance that I think American yeah. culture brings with it everywhere. It goes, like, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, why don't you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So well, maybe, maybe you can yeah. help me workshop a bit here. I've done this twice now, the bit that when I do at home, I use, a th- I talk about a thing called links, which is like a... It's kind of a deodorant that's like when you're 14, it's like your first deodorant, and then it's, you know, like... like okay, Axe. Young. Well, that, Axe that's, body yeah, spray, I've maybe. Been, yeah. I've, been, I've been using that in place yeah. of links. It doesn't seem like the reference is going over as well, but that is its equivalent, isn't it? I think so. I mean, there's a there's stuff for girls that's, like, specifically for 14-year-olds, but I feel like for guys it's really Axe. Yeah, because Lynx is the thing in Australia that you get, and then you first start using deodorant, and you just you go through half a can your first time. Right. Like, it's like a year of just every change room just reeking of Lynx. <laughs> and Lynx has all these different... They've got, like, Africa and Voodoo and Java. Like, they've got all these kind yeah. of, like, the, the different sense of... the same. Of, yeah, yeah okay. the same as Axe. Yeah, right. So I thought maybe I'd pick the wrong reference, but maybe the no, joke's, maybe the I joke's think, is not that funny. I think it's just the joke's <laughs> shit. No, it's <laughs> No, look, we got to face facts. we got to be honest. <laughs> Guys, keep it going for Tommy. And while you're at it, one year for everybody you've seen tonight. Okay, we are here every Tuesday night. There is a show right after this, so I will ask you guys to exit promptly. I'm Cameron Esposito. Have a great rest of your night, Put guys. Take your care. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.